This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Welcome to the PwC KWHS podcast series for high school educators on business and financial responsibility. I'm Diana Drake, Managing Editor of Knowledge at Wharton High School, and today we are talking about the economic value of higher education and how to help students prepare for managing college costs and debt. During our discussion, we will traverse the rugged financial landscape that surrounds higher education. Students are faced with ever-rising tuition costs, staggering student loan debt, a difficult job market, and the inevitable question, is college worth the investment? I'm here today with two experts who will help us sort through these important issues and offer high school educators some practical insights and advice to help their students make more informed decisions about their financial lives after high school and on college campuses. This is part three of our four-part discussion on the value of higher education with Wharton Management Professor Peter Capelli and PwC partner Michael Denizuk. Here we look at helping students manage post-college debt. And I'd like to start with the example of Zena Kumak, who's actually a regular contributor to the Knowledge of Wharton High School Business Journal. Uh, Zena graduated from college a few years ago with thousands of dollars in debt. She vowed to become debt-free in three years and was successful in doing so. And she has said many times that she had no idea what she was getting into when she signed on the dotted line. For instance, she didn't know that interest was increasing the size of her debt burden while she was in school for four years. The easy answer is to give high school students more financial knowledge. That's why we're all here. But more deeply, how can we help our students be better prepared and possibly even avoid taking on too much debt? Where does the responsibility lie? Mike? Well, uh, first I want to wish congratulations to Zena, who set a goal of becoming debt-free and achieved it. And I'm sure it uh, took a lot of hard work to do that, but it paid off, literally. Um, so, again, I'm going to go back to the planning piece of this thing, because I think that is extraordinarily important, and and you you need to first decide what college is right for the student based upon the career they're planning, and and I will agree with you, Peter, that not everyone knows uh, the career they're planning when they're getting into, but they may know kind of an area that they want to go into, such as for for myself, I was very interested in, in math and chemistry and so forth. I ended up being an accountant, which I guess is somewhat close to the to the math piece. Um, and, and you may need to say that, hey, I don't know what I want to do, so I need to pick a college based upon the fact that uh, it gives me a, a wide variety where I don't have to be switching colleges. Uh, and then second, we talked about this, you know, look for ways you don't have to borrow before you even get into college. Uh, Peter talked about the financial aid and, and, uh, and scholarships. My comment earlier that if you don't apply, you're not going to get it. So, you know, there's, there's lots of scholarships that go unclaimed each year. You've probably heard stories about that, and, and then you've heard stories about outstanding students who can't get scholarships. And, and, but in fact, there are lots of scholarships out there, and some of them have very specific eligibility criteria. So you need to research your scholarship opportunities early and, and try to determine what's out there and, and what you have to do to get it. Uh, and, and, you know, we talked about it a little bit, but think about working during college to help offset costs. And while you know, it may not pay your tuition. Uh, maybe it'll pay for books, or maybe it'll pay for uh, you know other incidentals for college. So, and working in an area related to your career choice can also help you uh, make you a more desirable candidate when you're looking for a job after college. But my view is that any work you do during college will at least show employer your drive and work ethic, which are very important traits for any job. 
Um, and then, you know, finally, family resources. It, it may be cheaper and less of a hassle, although maybe it'd be more of a hassle in, in some families, to borrow from, uh, from uh, family members, such as, such as grandparents, for example, if they have the wherewithal, than to subject yourself to borrowing from external sources. Um, I was kind of shocked at the uh, at the interest rates, Peter. Seven percent, you know, for the private, and four point eight percent for federal. I mean, that's a it's a heck of an interest rate to pay. You might even convince a family member to make you a loan at two or three percent, which would uh, potentially be a lot better than uh, having to borrow externally. And if you have to get a loan from an external source, shop around, you know, for the best deals. You, you know, just the same way you would do when you're uh, buying a, the latest technology gadget on the Internet. You don't, you know, pick the first deal you see. You shop around for the best deal. Not all lenders are the same, and, and, and uh, I don't think they all have the same rates and requirements. So, uh, and then once you graduate, um, you know, you need to, uh, to focus on getting that loan paid off. But I would say you also need to, you know, work on budgeting and making sure that, uh, you know, you don't, Ignore things like your retirement, as I mentioned earlier, because I think that's a very, very important long-term goal that people sometimes ignore uh, because of the short-term types of budget constraints. And, and lastly, as a CPA, I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't remind students and parents about the tax benefits that are available to the college student under our tax laws. So there are deductions and credits that can help to offset some of the expenses of higher education. Uh, there are tax benefits that a student may be eligible for that would assist in offsetting some of these expenses, such as the Education Savings Bond Program, the American Opportunity Credit, Lifetime Learning Credit, and Tuition and Fees Deduction. So some, those are a, a few words of advice, and, and again, congratulations to Zena for making it happen. Yeah, I think the only, only thing I'd add to that is one of the things we know from empirical evidence is that people in debt choose different career paths. And they're not necessarily the career paths that they would have chosen. So, for example, in law school, uh, you know, a big proportion of kids coming into law school think they want to do public interest law. By the time they graduate and look at their debts, they end up working for private firms because that's the only way they can pay off their loans. So one of the things that it's worth recognizing going in is if you take out a lot of loans – it structures your choices on the way out. I, I think it is really important, though, for uh, family members. Uh, you know, kids, uh, it would be great through programs like this if we can get kids more sophisticated about loans. But it's not just financial education. Something is about – it's also about life experience. When you're 18 and you're thinking about the future, uh, your time horizons are just not quite the same, you know. Uh, something that seems four years away seems like forever when you're 18. Uh, but when you're older and if you're a parent, you know that it sneaks up on you pretty fast. And you can imagine what this big debt burden will do to you in a way that somebody who's 18 can't. So I think we, as adults dealing with high school students, really have to make them see how much of a burden this is going to be to have to pay off this much money. There are some calculators out there. Mike was saying before that there are uh, some you might look to. There's pretty much a calculator to help you with any of this stuff, but there are some that will do college loans and tell you how much you have to earn in order to take out various kinds of loans and pay them back. Uh, the federal government has got a couple of really helpful web websites. Uh, one of them 
uh, will tell you, if you've applied for financial aid, what else you might have missed, uh, whether there's any kind of federal aid that might be available that you haven't been offered yet. So I'd make use of these calculators uh, and just Google or search something that says calculator financial aid or calculator loan payments or something like that, and you'd be amazed what will turn up. Uh, But I think as adults, we really have to make the kids... Not only, you know, not only understand this sort of a cognitive level, here's how much it'll cost, but make them sort of feel what this really means. Very difficult to do that at 18. So, Peter, a recent study suggests that nationwide only 50 of more than 580 public four-year institutions graduate a majority of their full-time students on time. I think you were alluding to this before. More time in college means more money put toward yearly tuition bills and for some even larger student loans that they must pay off when they leave campus for the real world. The time you spend in college is an, is an important consideration when assessing the financial commitment of college. What are some other similarly important considerations, like a checklist for students, if you will, about things they need to think about in relation to the money they're putting out and the debt that they might get into? Well, there are uh, a bunch of things that I think are important uh, to look at about the programs themselves. So, as we were saying, one of the biggest issues for students, but especially for their parents, is will I get out of here in time? And if you go to the super elite universities, frankly, like ours at the University of Pennsylvania, the graduation rate here is about 100%. It's not quite, but it's almost 100%. If you go to a state university that is about, uh, you know, at the top as well, an elite state university, you'll find graduation rates there are considerably less. And one of the reasons, one of the things you're buying at the elite universities is a lot of support. There are a lot of things that cause kids to struggle in college that are completely predictable. There's a short list of them. In in my book, I summarize one of these short lists about the kinds of programs that help students succeed. Things like Freshman seminars. Freshman seminars means you arrive on campus, there are small classes dedicated just to you, to freshmen. They're not available to all undergraduates. Only your peers are going to be in that class. You get a real professor. They get to know what you're doing. They can sense when you're having trouble. They're kind of hands-on classes. Uh, There's a series of interventions at many schools where they require you to demonstrate your ability to take upper-level courses. Uh, and they can basically predict whether you're going to struggle in a class. It might be surprising, but a lot of undergraduates, maybe the majority, way overestimate their ability to do things. And one of the reasons they get into trouble is they take courses that are too hard for them. Uh, And many schools have programs that help you head that off. More generally, I think, is it the kind of college that has a very supportive atmosphere, you know, socially that you're around other people, you're around other adults. If you're in trouble, they're going to be able to figure it out and and get you through. And I'd say, you know, for parents especially, uh, who have a better sense in their kids of all the ways you can get into trouble, it is very important to look to see whether the college you're thinking about going has this kind of support system for your kids. And if you're thinking about a financial bet, frankly, this is the place you want to spend your time and money because the most predictable thing that gets in the way of a good return on your education is if your kid gets into trouble and doesn't graduate. That's the worst outcome. Uh, The second worst is they graduate, but it takes them a very long time to do it. 
And a lot of those things are predictable. A lot of them have to do with the nature of the college experience, and those are things you can figure out in advance. And, Diana, my only word of advice here, and I think Peter's checklist items are good, um, are that give yourself some options. So just don't focus on one school. Look at a variety of schools. But the other piece of advice I would give is don't give yourself too many options. I know so many parents that are looking at 10, 15, 20 schools with the kids, and, and it gets to a point where the kids are just totally confused. I think the parents are totally confused as well because there's so many options. So I think you, you, know, you, you, you narrow your list down to a reasonable number, but that, that number should be more than just one or two. Okay, and speaking of options, Mike, um, a student graduates from college mired in debt and quickly becomes overwhelmed with the drain on her starting salary paycheck. She misses some minimum payments. What are her options? What advice do you have for that student to help her manage her post-college debt? So um, 20 million Americans attend college every year, and of that number, uh, 12 million or 60% borrow to help cover the cost of education. So it's important that students develop financial skills and knowledge to control their spending and and their debt. So first, the graduates should get organized. Compile a list of your loans and the the name, the web address, contact information for the lender, the loan ID number, current loan balance, the interest rate, and the date of the first payment is due. Make sure that you keep track of that. Another piece of advice I give is, um, and, and we do this for our people with respect to their credit card debt as well, is sign up for auto debit. And, and with, with that service, uh, your monthly loan payments are automatically transferred from your checking account to the lender. Now, you've got to make sure you have the amount in your checking account. Otherwise, then uh, you, you create a problem there. But it saves you the, the hassle of writing a check and the postage, but it also uh, sometimes a uh, lender will give you a, uh, a, a quarter to a half percent interest rate cut if you use the auto debit feature. Now, if, you're not, if you can't pay your loans and you're going to miss a payment, you need to work with your lender before you start missing payments. So you need to kind of know, hey, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, things are starting to run tight here. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to start missing payments at some point in time. You know, talk to your lender early before you start missing payments as opposed to just missing payments. Uh, sometimes there, there are some federal student loans that offer temporary suspensions of the obligation to repay the debt, such as deferments or forbearances, and it's a good option for short-term financial difficulty, but uh, make sure you note that uh, even when there's forbearance, that interest continues to accrue. And then there's alternate repayment plans, that, such as extended repayment plans, that uh, lenders can provide or income-based repayment uh, to provide a a lower monthly payment. And these are best for longer-term financial difficulties, such as uh, income that's insufficient to pay the debt. But again, all you're doing is extending the problem. You're you're, you're, uh, going to be paying lower amounts, so it's going to take you longer to to pay off the loan. But I think what you need to do is is if if you're in that, you've graduated, you're finding your income is not sufficient. Uh, you need to talk with your lender. You, you don't ignore the loans because if you default, you lose options such as the access to deferments and forbearance and so forth. And, and a default increases the cost of a loan because if you ever read the fine print in these loan agreements, uh, once you default, uh, they can start charging you for all kinds of things uh, in addition to just the, uh, the principal and, and, and the interest. I think it's important for students to, to become financially literate, that you know, they need to use budgeting to monitor their spending and control spending, make sure they're going to have enough money to, to make uh, 
their payments for uh, in, in college and once they get out of college. I mean, it's, it, it, it's easy to say, it's hard to do, but uh, people, students really need to, once they, in college and once they're getting out of college, need to start thinking about uh, their spending and, and budgeting and, and writing down what you spend and determining whether, you know, you need that uh, a cup of latte at Starbucks every morning, and, and if you cut that out, maybe it would save you X hundred dollars a year, which could be used then to make uh, loan payments or whatever. So uh, the best way to sh- ensure you don't get in trouble with loans is to plan at the front end and, 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 and maybe even before you take on the debt. And you say, uh, I think Peter mentioned this earlier, you know, what is the average starting salary for the profession I plan to go into? Will it cover my debt payments? Uh, and if it won't, then you probably shouldn't be, you know, getting into that line of work. You should be looking at doing something else. Just one a little follow-up on that. I, I think uh, that's uh, everything Mike said is probably right about that. But there is one little other thing to think about, and that is uh, a lot of these student loans are administered by private banks, but they're actually kind of controlled by the by the federal government. And the federal government has guidelines and help for students who are in financial trouble. And there's some evidence that not all the banks have been particularly forthcoming in terms of giving the students who are in trouble all the access to all the information and all the opportunities to deal with those special circumstances. So the other thing you want to do is check with the federal government. Don't just check with your lender uh, because the lenders haven't all been terrific about this. And there's some help. There's not a ton of help, but there are some kinds of help that you might be able to get if you're in trouble. Certainly, Mike's absolutely right. Don't wait. Uh, Certainly don't hide. It's not going away. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.